if you will stay local until my client gets here, then I'll take care of the arrangements. I know her from the academy. You be nice, all right? I want to memorize that schematic and definitely steal that creature that looks kind of like a crystalline crustacean. There is a robe draped over her back. We're looking for information on crystals. We were told you were an expert. And I will pray for you, Sparks. Okay, well, as long as somebody is. Does the knock sound like a woman's knock? So you hear a little jangle on the other side of the door. Do they have peepholes in the space future? Welcome, one and all, to the Die by the Dice podcast. We're an actual play tabletop RPG in Starfinder. Thank you for joining us on our space adventures. I'm John, and I'll be the GM for this game. I'm Tom, and I play Lycos 9, the Solarian android pilot person. I'm Brent, and I'm playing Sparks, the Ahsoki mechanic. I'm Jessica, and I'm playing Noemi Domash, uh, the Lashunta technomancer and captain of the GEP. And I'm Lisa, I play Kuro Sylvanen, the Vesk soldier. Real quick before we get started, I just want to go ahead and let all our listeners know that we're still giving away those dice. There's some very handsome sets. If you'd like to win one of those sets of dice, email us at diebythedice at gmail.com. Put giveaway in the subject line and 1045 someplace in the body. We'll be running the contest for about another week or so, so this is your chance to get your hands on some sweet new dice. Alright, so we rejoin Noemi at her front door. There was a loud banging there moments ago, and kind of a jangle along with that bang. She's expecting company, but still may have some lingering paranoia from the incident prior to their arrival in Absalom. What do you do? I look through the peephole. Through the peephole, you see the bulk of the hallway is dominated by a mound of pink and violet cloth. You don't see the owner of that cloth, effectively, but there's something or someone very large on the other side of the door. Uh, they're uh, certainly not bipedal, though. All right, I ask, who is it? It's Kritka. Oh, okay. Uh, let me let me get the door. <laughs> and so I. Okay. <laughs> I have that, a little locks. Does that do undoing all the locks? Yeah. Okay. What sort of door do you have? Is it like a just traditional open indoor door? Is it like a slide space door? What do you have? I I, I just imagined it as a slide or a a door on a hinge. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's not a space door. It doesn't. Sh- <laughs> That's just fine. All right. So as the There's door... a little sound effect installed that does it, though. <laughs> so as the door opens on the other side, uh, make a life sciences check, I suppose. And this would be for a rarer species. All right. So my DC is decreased by five. Uh, that's not great. Twelve. Uh, you're not familiar with this particular species, but here's what you see. Kritka is essentially a giant spider about the size of a horse. Uh, she has... I hate everything about this. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> she has beige fur covering the her exposed limbs with sort of uh, bright orange stripes along with them in kind of like a, a tiger style. Everything about this is getting worse. Now it's furry and poisonous because of the bright colors. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go wait. Tigers aren't poisonous. Don't be semantic. <laughs> pedantic. Pedantic? Semantics? I where, thought I was correcting going? that, but oh my <laughs> God. That would be pedantic to correct. <laughs> I set it up for you, Tom. <laughs> Nope, giant spiders, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> All right, she's wearing a pink and violet sort of roby dress that covers her abdomen and thorax, uh, and then sort of draped between where her legs extend. Uh, she has a not fully arachnid face. There's a mouth beneath the mandibles that does show a amount of expression on it. The eyes are black and glassy, but seem to kind of have a, have a warmth between them. The mouth curves into a smile, and the mandibles kind of part to show it. And she says, it's so nice to see you. And shimmies her way partially through the door and then reaches for you with her two forelimbs. All right. Um, I don't cringe or, or I'll just say, you know, Gianna didn't tell me much about you. Where, where, do, you, where do you hail from? Uh, as you're saying this, she grabs you into a, a warm embrace. The fur on her forelimbs is very soft. She kind of pulls back and then says, oh, sorry, I'm a hugger. I should have <laughs> warned you. I'm from Kacharik. I met Gianni in the academy. Oh my gosh, she was so nice. She can be. <laughs> so where did did you want to go? Uh, Gianna just told you to told me to show you a good time. Oh well, I've never been to the station. I've heard such things about it. Uh, I was hoping maybe I could, we could see the eye a little bit and show me some of the exciting sights. Kicharik is a little bit of the. It's kind of the sticks a little. I feel. I mean, it just doesn't have quite the 
the plethora of people and I mean it seems so many different kinds of things around here you live here right you know it's fun yeah yeah I mean I live here uh, you know it, it's kind of funny when you live somewhere you kind of forget how exciting it can be to, to someone from outside oh well you can be a tourist in your own home then <laughs> sure so I'll let you I'll let you take point uh, I haven't eaten anything in a little while so uh, some food would be great Let's see. I, I know this little place. What kind of cuisine do you like? I don't. I don't want to have something too crazy. Oh well, uh, I'm kind of carnivorous by birth, I guess. But uh, spawning. But typically, if if if, if that's a problem for you, then there's a, plenty of synthetics. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not a vegetarian or anything. Let's see. Uh, do you, I, does there say anything sushi like? As Absalom has become like a hub of interstellar trade. The sort of width and breadth of the galaxy can be found here as far as cuisines and restaurants and things like that. Like in towards the eye, there'd be like four-star restaurants and things like that to small carts down in the uh, the arms or in the uh, spike. All right. Well, we'll go someplace mid-range. I don't want to, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not that flush with credits. Okay. <laughs> so we'll find a, a nice little ramen shop or something. All right. What's the place called? We'll just call it Sushi Deli. <laughs> nice. Talk to us about sponsorship, Sushi Deli. Uh, <laughs> Shout out. It's two nouns. Come on. It's, it's, I'm sure it's not like trademarked or anything. <laughs> okay. Tom's going to look it up. How about Sushi Hut? That's probably a place too. Crap. Uh... <laughs> That's fine. I'm just... <laughs> All right. And who runs that place? Uh... His, he goes by Taki. All right. And what uh, what species is he? Uh, spin the wheel. We'll make him human. Okay. The sushi deli may in fact be copyrighted. Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, like, uh, well, it's, we're just dropping a name. We're not like... I know. It, I'm bringing that up because I thought it was funny. <laughs> not that I think there's going to be issues. You're really not going to go with space sushi? <laughs> Spooshy? What? No. Uh, no you guys, are, you guys, in your horrible portmanteaus. Uh, right. I mean, I can't use my Absalami Deli. Uh, oh, I was gonna suggest Cthulhu's. <laughs> See that? I'm okay with it. That's kind of funny, but it's just like, let's grab the first two letters of this word, and smash them with this word. It's making me insane. <laughs> It's almost always space that we're adding on to everything. Space is the we'll best call it adjective. Sushiyama, because that's just sushi mountain. There you go. Sushiyama. I mean, sushi mountain ain't a bad name either. <laughs> I do like Cthulhu's. <laughs> you would. Specializing in calamari. <laughs> <laughs> Brett gets me. All right, so you get there, and there's a bit of uh, not a stir, but there's certainly eyes peering around, even amongst the. Brethren of Absalom and the kind of myriad of forms here. Kritka's uh, particular morphology seems to be rather unsettling to everyone around. And there <laughs> are one particular <laughs> member of the of the group. And there are a few people who give you guys a wide berth as you're going down the, the corridors and hallways and in streets of Absalom. She says She's so lucky to get a posting on something like the Black Star. Ugh, I've been on this like mining hauler and it is the worst. Like, who cares about rocks? They're just rocks. It's not a big deal. No, uh, yeah, we, we, and I'll tell her about our, a little bit about our adventure on the mining <laughs> planet. Be like, yeah, it was just rocks. And then there were all these zombies. I mean. I <laughs> zombies, crazed robots. That's what I wanted from space. That's what they went to the academy for was adventures, not weight ratios and like rocks. It makes, uh, New crew member. I was gonna say, well, what's your specialization? Oh well, astrogation is really what I specialized in. Within a system, even there are a lot of ways you can shave time off. The drift does not have to be the be-all, end-all for travel. Really? Well, I mean, interstellarly certainly, but uh, within a system, sometimes it's actually more time efficient and even fuel efficient to travel in real space. Interesting. So, you know, if you were interested in giving up you know, this whole rock thing. Would you ever be interested in joining us? But like working remotely, maybe, <laughs> so that Kara doesn't have to like look. 
Kerr has no problem with spiders. Lisa, <laughs> however, has lots of problems. I was with say spiders. that the racism in this group is very strong. <laughs> yeah, that would. I mean, I've got a lot of like debts to pay off, so I'd have to pay pretty decently. And the mining well, coalition well, is. Yeah, I mean, it's hot and cold. I'll be honest with you. You know, I'll be honest with you because you're friends with Gannett. You know, it's feast or famine. You know, you we take jobs where we can get them, and you know, it's it's. It's a it's a decent living. It pays the bills. Uh, well, I mean, do you have a, a, a opening for a first mate? Well, we don't currently have a first mate. Oh, okay. So that that sounds that's promising. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, you'd have to meet the rest of the crew and and make sure that you know you can get along with them. I, we have a a Vesk and an Android and a Yosoki, so we're a, kind of a motley band well by your descriptions of them they sound lovely i think i'd fit right in now can i be so blunt as to ask what what species are you oh i'm uh kacharika there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> well our our, bo- our mouth shape really kind of lends itself to that uh, what you're hearing here is actually a uh, a translator implant i have installed oh fascinating uh yeah, for example, and she sort of rears up a little bit. Uh, her head is actually fairly low, about two feet off the ground or so, of, on kind of more, during most of her travel. Uh, the the highest point, like her like elbow joints effectively in the back of her thorax, uh, stands about six feet tall or so, kind of when she's locomotiving. Uh, so she lifts her head up a little bit and reaches one of her forelimbs under and sort of adjusts something under her throat. And then... This is kind of like a, and then reaches back under and clicks it. So that was a a warm greeting in my native tongue, but it it doesn't really uh, translate over. And we find, I mean, it just it it finds a lot of people seem to find it bothersome, even though who can those who understand it, and a lot of other uh, sapients seem to have a difficulty vocalizing with me. So uh, this is just easier to to deal with others. No, that makes sense. It's it's fascinating. I I love learning about new cultures, so I'm sure we'd get along famously and have plenty to talk about on our journeys. So at this point, you're about kind of like halfway through dinner. Uh, she ordered a mountain of sushi and is kind of just devouring it. She's surprisingly dexterous with her little forelimbs. Uh, she doesn't seem to have any problem with the... Uh, Make him stop. <laughs> with the He's your fiance. I'm not okay with this. <laughs> with the chopsticks. Uh and her pedipalps are aiding in the process as well. She's not like wrapping up her food to go, is she? No. She seems like she's like putting it to the side of the table to actually like eat it. Make a sense motive check. Twenty. Uh seemingly out of deference to kind of your sensibilities, most likely. Like not wanting to gross me out yeah. by the way she eats. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what adventures are you up to now? Well, um, we're kind of laying low right now. Um, we have... Uh, you can just kind of say I, I okay. brief her on sort of the situation. Yeah, so I, I I don't give her too many details, but, you know, I, I do mention that I do think there's something slightly... There's something magical with it. Um, She's like, magic and terrorists? Oh, man. That's like... That is so perfect. If I was with you guys, I'd be like, pew, 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 and she makes little like finger guns with her front four arms and kind of is like aiming them around the space and everyone like <laughs> seated next to you kind of gives a wary look and scoots their chair a little further to the side. Well, I like your uh, tenacity. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little enthusiastic uh, of my brood. I was always kind of the thrill go-getter. I, I can see that. I mean, I'm sure that that's why you are where you are. I mean, I know it seems like maybe right now, you know, rocks and boring, but, you know, it's, it's getting you to where you, you want to be. Yeah, and I never would have got uh, off-world barely even, and definitely at the Absalom were it not for the ship. So, yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Thanks, Noemi. <laughs> Anytime. We should probably, uh, you know, once we finish dinner, do you want to head to the eye? Yeah, that'd be great. All right, so we head to the eye. All right. So what do you do there? There's an amazing park that's emulating Galarian that was. Uh, there's like a large zoo. 
Uh, there are a number of clubs, dancing establishments, uh, high-class bars and things like that. Well, I ask her what she's interested in. Do you want to go, you know, check out the life here and check out the zoo? Or do you want to check out the life here and go to the club? Um, why not a little bit of both? We'll do zoo first and then kind of get our blood up and then go to the club and dance it out. All right. So, yeah, you go in and as a Xenoseeker, you are, you've, you've been here before, certainly. But it's kind of getting towards evening and the nocturnal species really kind of come out at this point. I'll point several things out and I'll probably just give her way too much detail about them. And She's eating it up. Like you could not have asked for a better like active listener. She's asking the right questions at the right time, uh, pointing things out. Uh, her, she seems to have a, a different spectrum of perception than you. So a few times in some of the cages you're like, Oh, I'm not, or not cages, but enclosures. You're like, I'm not quite sure where it is. And she's like, Oh no, it's right over there. And kind of points it out to you. The highlight of the trip is feeding time at the mountain eel enclosure. Ooh. Uh, you know of these creatures definitely from your home on Castrovel, uh, where they're native to, mm-hmm. but you've never got to see them in such a up-close and personal kind of view, uh, certainly because they are extremely dangerous and uh, quite large. So this is a, partic- a fairly impressive specimen, over 60 feet long from snout to tail. A number of sheep are sort of let loose in the enclosure, and the enclosure close behind them Uh, you hear kind of a scrabbling from up in the top of its kind of rocky home and it comes sidewinding down scrabbling on its dozen or so little bright blue legs Uh, the sheep begin bleeding and scattering but the thing is deadly quick and one by one snatches them down and gobbles them up in a few bites mommy's eyes are real big and she's really excited (laughs) critica seems to share your enthusiasm she says, well, that's amazing. How do they keep them contained? Because there's like no visible kind of containment method. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been here enough. You know there's like a delicate system of clear force fields in play. And at this point, the creature's probably been encaged long enough to know sort of where its boundaries lie. After about five minutes or so, there's nothing that remains of the hunt but a few scattered bloodstains and a few kind of rocks bouncing down the mountainous side of the enclosure as it goes back into its subterranean lair. Well, that was exciting. I've never gotten to see that before. Well, I mean, nothing can really top that, but <laughs> to the club. All right. So what club do you go to? Um, anybody have any ideas for club names? Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> Soul Train, S-O-L. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the worst we are bad bad people the astral lounge okay i like it what's your history with the astral lounge is it the first time you've been there is it like a regular haunt for you um i don't usually go dancing so i mostly go to bars but like i can tell that kritka seems more like the party girl judging by like her outfit Mm -hmm. (laughs) so this is probably the first time i've actually gone into it like i've seen it and i've heard of it like but I've never actually gone to the dance club. Okay, sounds good. All right, so they've got a, a DJ playing there, and he seems to be playing a lot of Aether Pound, a very bassy, heavy, kind of hard beat rhythm. Uh, however, there's a lot of kind of lilting, almost like kind of astral sounding, uh, very a sort of ambient kind of f- notes along the top of it. Uh, make a, either cultures or life sciences. My life sciences is better. Okay. Uh, but that was a one, so that would be a nine. All right. So what bullshit do I tell Krika about this music? <laughs> uh, well, what you notice is that different species who are in the crowd seem to be kind of moving to slightly different beats. Okay. So that so everybody kind of hears something maybe a little different. Uh, so as she comes in, she... Like you see a big smile kind of go across her face and she kind of yells at you, now this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> and sort of scoots her way onto the dance floor and people are kind of scooting away from her a bit. Right. But she seems to be having a great time. She moves with a, a surprising grace for uh, a creature with kind of her proportions and size. What are you doing when you get there? I'm going to go grab us a couple of drinks. Something along the lines of what we would now consider like an apple teeny. <laughs> She seems like an apple teeny kind of girl. 
Uh, it's like a bright orange, and it has like a little wisp of smoke coming off the top. The bartender calls it a blast off, and he gives it uh, gives you two of them. Okay. Uh, you toss him a few credits and transaction complete effectively. Uh, make a life sciences check. Twenty four. All right. The bartender is a Maracuai, a sort of simian looking humanoid, about a little over six feet tall. He's kind of chestnut colored fur covering his body, uh, which he has sort of slicked back away from his face. Otherwise, I kind of have a simian feature, save for two large compound eyes in the normal spot where eyes would be, but dominating much more of the face than they would be otherwise. Uh, he's dressed in sort of a loose-fitting, very revealing top and like dress slacks from the, the waist down um, with the hole in the back to leave his tail to sort of swish as he likes behind. Uh, he actually you can see him grabbing bottles with his tail and bringing them forward to the fore. Uh, he gives you a big smile. Who are you here with? Oh, uh, my friend uh, Krika. She's the one in the pink and purple. <laughs> he looks over and you see like one of his eyes kind of raise up and he says, Oh, okay, well, you girls have fun then and hand you your drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I don't describe her as the giant spider person. So I wish him a good night. Uh, leave a decent tip, not a great tip. Okay. Because <laughs> he was a little shady there. <laughs> and I take our drinks. So uh, as you come over, she's like, this looks great. Let's take a break. And you can't really drink on the dance floor. <laughs> <This is really, laughs> the logistics are difficult when you're... Uh, when you have so many legs. Yeah. So you kind of can pull off to a side booth and she sort of positions herself at the edge of it. She can't really fit into it. Uh, she kind of reclines and kind of leaves her back legs to kind of support her up. Um, standing like this, she's almost like her head's about eight feet off the ground. Oh, wow. So she's kind of looking down on you. Mm-hmm. Physically, anyway. Is this like Lisa's nightmare? <laughs> she takes she takes dainty little sips out of like the martini glass. I I've tried to help by distracting you. I'm just gonna ignore the parts where he describes her thorax. <laughs> Mandibles. <laughs> You're not dancing. Uh, I mean, I gotta get a drink or two in me first. All right, sounds good. And she's like. <laughs> Take a little sips out of her glass. So I get at least two or three drinks in me first. <laughs> okay. You can use acrobatics, but you may substitute your charisma score instead. Okay. If that's better. Yeah, uh, my charisma is better. But you do have a minus two. So that's that's in the neutral. Okay. That's five. Five? <laughs> All right, so what does that look like? <laughs> well, it's definitely not coordinated. There's probably like a lot of like offbeat movements. Um, <laughs> probably run into one or two people at some point. <laughs> it's just it's not graceful or attractive. <laughs> but I'm trying. Okay. I blame the booze. <laughs> you can definitely see that there's a few people who are kind of like giving you a little bit of eye, and then they sort of see you flailing a little, and you're kind of like, oh. Let's see who else is dancing. But Krika is kind of, she notices once or twice and then kind of comes over and just starts dancing with you. Following her lead, if you're willing to, she kind of does a fair amount of like kind of throwing you around, but okay. in a very kind of fun and... Um, like girls at a club way. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the remainder of the evening goes very well. It's fun. And the two of you kind of stagger uh, back to your place. So where are you staying in the city? Oh, I've just got a uh, just a room at the Wayfinder uh, over in this section of the arm. Uh, it's okay. The room's a little small, but I mean, I'm a little large, so it's not the <laughs> it's somewhat to be expected. Yeah, I don't have much space to offer, otherwise I would. But you're not too far away, are you? I want I want you to get back to your place safe. Oh no, no, I'll I'll call a ground car. It's fine. Um, All right. Oh hey hey, so Gianna told me that you're a technomancer. Yeah. So I made you a little something, and she reaches into like her satchel mm -hmm. uh, and pulls out like a long kind of gossamer scarf. Cool. It's like super lightweight; it, like it barely weighs anything at all. But it's extraordinarily soft and silky, and it's about eight feet long, and about if you sort of stretch it out, it's about ten feet wide and just sort of like a hair's breadth across. You shouldn't have. This is beautiful. Did you make this yourself? I did. Actually, you can make a arcana check if you like. Oh, uh, mysticism? Mysticism, yeah. 
26. Okay. Uh, you recognize this instantly as Warp Weave. For those of us who don't know, what is Warp Weave? Warp Weave is a magically attuned silk. When you recognize the Warp Weave, you, reckon, you recognize where you've heard of her species before. They produce it. Uh, it's magically attuned and is used for all sorts of different purposes. Uh, this one specifically, which you'll realize a little bit better once you sew her up, um, you can actually use to store spells. Ooh. So you can cast one spell into it at a time, and it will basically kind of store that slot for you for the future until it's used. It'll kind of give you a bonus spell okay. the day after you charge it, or until you decide to use it. Okay, so you have to charge it the day before? So, like, you cast you cast Magic Missile, for example. You can mm -hmm. cast it into the Warp Weave uh, scarf, mm -hmm. and it will st it'll store it there. Okay. So sometime in the future, you can draw that energy out and cast it off the scarf. Okay. So you're essentially spell neutral the day you use it, right. but the following day when your spells recharge, you you're up one. All right. I like it. I thank her profusely, slash drunkenly, still profusely. <laughs> oh, it was nothing. I'm happy to do it. It's always nice to meet a new friend, and you've just been so nice, and she comes in for another big hug. And I, I mean, I, I'm wasted, so I'm, I'm even more into it than before. <laughs> Sleep well. Thanks for showing me a good time. Yeah, don't be a stranger. You'll have to meet the rest of the crew. Oh, I'd love to. Give me a call tomorrow, like, uh, midday. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely midday. <laughs> Not any earlier. It just says a few more goodbyes, and then... Uh, makes her way down the hall. And then I... I pass out. Okay. I make sure to lock all my doors. Of course. <laughs> Drunk, yes. Paranoid, also yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> a woman living alone. So the next day, you're awoken as your calm is kind of chirping at you from the nightstand. Okay. I, I assume it's before midday. It's probably about 7.30 in the morning or Ugh. so. I groggily reach for it, and I say, what? Well, good to talk to you, too, Noemi. It's, uh, you recognize Harvest's voice. Uh, sorry, Harvest. I had a late night. What, what can I help you with? So my client's on the way. She should be stationside in about a day. Okay, so we'll meet tomorrow? Yes. Uh, uh, what time? Where, where should we meet you? Uh, meet at these uh, coordinates on the the west arm. And there's like a little ping as your like a text comes through, essentially. Mm. Make sure you guys are all on your best behavior. Get all cleaned up and and good to go. I want to make a good impression here. This is kind of a a make or break situation. All right. I'll, I'll tell the crew for sure. We'll be on a we'll be on our best <clears throat> behavior. All right. Good. And the line goes dead. OK, so I'll send out. Um. A message to everybody. Just a little text slash calm. Be professional. Got it. <laughs> Alright, so everyone can recover one more hit point because they all rested for the night. So the message is passed along that your client will be here in one day. Is there anything you guys want to do to pass that day along? Well, um... I will call Kritka at midday and I'll see if any of the crew is available if they want to meet her. I'll say we have a potential new uh, crewmate. Okay. I will want to vet her, so I'd show up. <laughs> All right. So, oh, because we can't, can we can't, can we meet at Gordian Solutions? They're still open, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, because I couldn't remember with the accident at the dock. It's just the dock that's okay. messed up. All right, so we'll all meet up at Gordian Solutions. So I'll let you all meet Kritka. Okay. I will warn you what to expect so that none of you are... Yeah, it's going to be a little unsettling. <laughs> that none of you are totally surprised. But I'll explain how kind and... Mm -hmm. You know. Alright, so... Kritka arrives. She has to kind of squeeze through the door a little bit. Um, but as she does, she greets you all with a big smile. Uh, Hi, I'm Kritka. It's so lovely to meet you. Noemi told me so much about all of you. Uh, it's great to meet you all in person. She kind of comes forward and like extends her, her forelimbs to try to give... She's a hugger. <laughs> Holy smokes. Okay. <laughs> she's like, Who's she leaning towards? Uh, to Sparks. <laughs> he's, a, 
pretty much i'm trying to figure out what the combination of like abject terror and like not wanting to be rude would look like <laughs> it's still it's all abject terror yeah i think that's it yeah yeah i think i was gonna like for lisa's sake not ask what that smile's gonna look like <laughs> fangs and all I but, thought about it too, and for Lisa's yeah. sake, I didn't ask the question. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't think Sparks is gonna like hug her, but he's not gonna like pull away. I think just frozen in terror and like hoping for the best. He kind of allows himself to be hugged. Yeah. More or less. Okay. <laughs> it's, oh, it's great. It's great to meet you. Uh, so then she goes over to Lycos Nine next. He returns the hug. He doesn't have a thing with spiders. Okay. Oh, she's wearing like a. Like a silver and purple, like roby dress, um, but different kind of color scheme and pattern this time. Uh, you can see as she comes up, like sort of inf- intricate, um, like electro thread, kind of w- woven without or within. Uh, she gives you a, a big hug as well. I tell her that her outfit is becoming on her. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. You know, I wasn't sure with the beige and the the silver, but it's. Good to hear when something comes together like that. Yeah. Don't worry, your abdomen doesn't look big enough. <laughs> <laughs> your abdomen doesn't look big enough. <laughs> so she comes over towards Kerr, kind of arms extended. Moment of truth, Lisa. I don't know that Kerr is much of a hugger. Kerr wouldn't be. Uh, Kerr will extend her arm. Oh, um, okay. Friend, Friendly-like, mm-hmm. but not, like, huggy. Fistful. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you'll uh, you'll have to forgive. She Kerr gives you like there, a little kind of two-handed hug. hand clasp and says, uh, "Well, it's good to meet you, Kerr. You as well. Welcome to Gordian Solutions." So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a first mate right now on a mining ship, but I am bored out of my mind, and I would absolutely love to be a member of the crew. I brought with me one of my resumes, and she reaches into her one of her legs back and kind of pulls that out of a satchel, and then Sparch snatches it and starts like looking it over. Boring is not a word that would describe what we do. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Well, we've been nearly blown up and fought zombies. After about three weeks of sitting in the office having no clients. Details. <laughs> You'll appreciate that downtime at some point. <laughs> when yes. you're recuperating from being nearly incinerated. We're trying to get all those hit points back. <laughs> <laughs> you appreciate that downtime. Looking at like the remaining burns on our arms. <laughs> you're looking at her resume. Yeah. Her credentials are actually pretty impressive. Hmm. Uh, she went to uh, the Pact World Naval University for, like, starship captaining. Wow. And uh, performed actually quite well, uh, as according to her GPA, at least. She spent time on a number of different hauler ships. Nothing kind of exceptional as far as, like, kind of ship class. Mm. But, but recommendations were both positive from her, her previous captains. Okay. And we know from our captain that she comes recommended via sister. Well, she's a sister's friend. True. Yeah, we don't know that that she's actually any good. Well, but we know she's a decent enough person to be friends with your sister. Well, I don't know if that's recommendation. <laughs> well, Kerr doesn't know that. She doesn't know your sister. So the fact that you would go out with her for like a night on the town based on just your sister's recommendation is like, well, she's like a personal sister, reference. She asked. <laughs> well, okay. So I don't have any reference for my current captain right now because he doesn't know we're having this conversation yet. But uh, I am ready to drop that hauler like all the ore in their bay into the station floor. So you give me the okay and we can make this arrangement an arrangement. Well, only if you're sure. Because like I said, you know, I know you're concerned about your debts. So we we can be feast or famine. I just want to be up front. She says, you know what I mean? After last night, I'm ready for action. And she rears back on her uh, hind legs and all four of her forelegs kind of reach under her dress and pull out a pistol each and is like, let's do this. You are nothing if not enthusiastic. Abject terror intensifies. (laughs) You're not peeing yourself yet, are you? Fortitude safe. (laughs) She sees kind of the worry in your face. Oh, I'm sorry. I probably should have warned you and (laughs) holsters the, the weapons and... Uh, sets back down. <laughs> Lady, I gotta say, you look all kinds of qualified for this job, but as I had in the resume over. I put it in our HR files. <laughs> I just thought of any, at least at some point, if we were have like a day or something off, uh, Lycos would head to the ship to see how uh, 
Renault's doing. Okay, you can Since much... we've essentially left him alone over yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, after this encounter, I don't see why not. Oh, yeah. I just, it, it, John asked if there's anything we wanted to do, and it just occurred to me, like, during downtime. I mean, he would at least make a trip over there if he'd spend the entire day, but... That's also assuming he hasn't, like, plugged into the Absalom station system and just assimilated the entire station. And we don't know that. We don't. We haven't been visiting him. <laughs> Come back, hey, Ren. I've been busy. <laughs> we are yeah. Absalom. All right, so, yeah, that would be today. That'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, before you head out, Kritika says, well, I'm going to do a little bit of sightseeing uh, if you want to come with, or otherwise, I'll. When when should I show up for for work? I guess. Well, tomorrow we have a meeting with a client. Um, I don't know that we're ready for you to join us there. Our client doesn't know about our additional crew member, so I don't want to surprise him. It's a very delicate situation. Oh right, got it. Okay, well here are my comms, and she basically just kind of shoots everyone your her contact info, and I'm only a, a short ways away. Just call me if you need anything, and oh, I'm so excited for this. Uh, tippy taps her little feet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's like a little jangle around it. She has uh, like jangly bracelets around each of her limbs. Hmm. Uh, Are they attached to the bristles on her? No. They're kind of like free floating, so they they clink and jangle as she as she gestures and is expressive. <laughs> Just imagining Lisa's nightmares this evening. I am not enjoying this. <laughs> so she'll squeeze her way out of the building with like kind of a wave goodbye, and you're all free to kind of spend the day as you as you like. I'm going to continue to recover. Okay. I'm going to go see a ghost about a ship. All right. Sounds good. Sparks? Sparks is working on the particle or the mass projector or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. but he set the exocortex to work on the like medical bay designs that he was working on earlier. So he's like multitasking. I like it. Kurt is going to get the captain a glass of water (laughs) and settle down to clean my weapons. All right. Sounds good. Blackos 9, you head over back to the get. Takes you a little while, which is annoying, but as you get inside, you hear music playing over the ship's comms. Renault says, Ah, oh, Mr. Lycos 9, and the music dims. Hmm. Uh, I, didn't, I was not expecting you so soon. We'd been you know, somewhat adrift on the station, uh, waiting to meet up with the client. Realized we had kind of left you here to your own devices and thought you might enjoy some company for at least a little while. You know, it can be quite lonely being by yourself. Oh, I've been ex- exploring some of the uh, entertainment stations on the the ship, or excuse me, on the station. Uh, have you heard this before? And he turns the music up. It's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, make a cultures check. Twenty-two. You recognize this as a as like classical tribal music from uh, from Idari, the uh, Kasatha home ship. He uh, dims it again. He says. It's absolutely dreadful. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he goes, actually does laugh at that. He goes, yes, that's a familiar feeling I've come to learn. There's just there's so much. And so where can I get a credit account? I guess I probably would have recently had to figure that out myself. So I guess I described the details I went through him, though I'm not sure him not having a physical presence, how that might be a deterrent, but I'd be more than willing to try to help him figure it out. Okay, because I found this, and he one of the monitors pulls up, and it's essentially like the main screen of a vid game. It's called Blood Feast 6, and <laughs> you can see a uh, a Kasatha and an Orc, each of them brandishing weapons and all available limbs, kind of glaring at each other across the a gore-stoked field of battle. He says, but um, I don't have any credit account, so I cannot play it. I can just look at the screen in fascination. <laughs> Oh, okay, how much is it? Uh, it's 30 credits. I'll get this for you now, and I will uh, discuss with the captain about setting up something for you so you can pursue your own entertainment. You are invaluable to the ship's function, so it should not be too hard. Oh, Mr. Lycos 9, that'd be wonderful. Oh, I uh, I purchased the, the game. All right. There's no microtransactions on this game, are there? No, there are not. Good. In this wonderful space future, <laughs> you buy the whole game when you buy the game. I like it. And there's no loot boxes? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> oh, the future is wonderful. <laughs> As God Emperor of this space world, I say loot boxes are outlawed. <laughs> uh, Mr. Lycos 9, it is two players. Would you care to join me? Yes, I would. All right. Uh, make a dexterity check. Oh. 
Nine. All right. You're going to get whooped. <laughs> <laughs> a few minutes later. Oh my gosh, Mr. Lycos 9, did you see that? Your head came clean off. <laughs> Do these creatures really have that much blood inside of them? I have yet to discover that personally. But when I do, I'll let you know. Oh, this is marvelous. <laughs> Another round, shall we? Yes. All right. So you while away the kind of afternoon playing games, you brought 50-50. Not, it's not quite a pastime. Or actually, is it a pastime of Lycos 9s? I mean, it hasn't been. I wasn't even aware video games existed in this game, in this world, but I mean, I don't see why not. You'd probably be more of a fan of uh, space simulators. Okay. So you're a little outside your element, but a few skills you managed to transfer over. By the end of the, the day, you've got him probably about 60-40. Uh, and you've got to have found a few of your of your favorite characters. Uh, what's your favorite character in this game so far? <laughs> the android, obviously. <laughs> uh, big, burly... With like a giant flaming glowing axe. All right. So the next day, uh, you all get another... If you fully rested today, you get two back. Otherwise, you just get one hit point back. Does playing video games count as resting? No, you're not okay. convalescing, but you... Uh, that's fine, just asking. Mm -hmm. So I get one, not two? One, yes. Would I get one or two? Did you do anything besides... Just clean the weapons. Okay, then... Let's say you just get one then. It's really intense. But I'm halfway guarding her too. I will say because you're of your specific weapon care, the next fight you're in, you can get one reroll with one of your weapons. Somebody remember that. Write it down. I don't wanna. Oh my god. Atta girl. <laughs> <laughs> just, just think of it like a spider and you won't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I get one reroll. Yeah, doo doo expert maintenance. You said doo doo. Turn six, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I have to keep it under control at work. Every so often, I gotta let out that inner child. <laughs> so the next day, you meet at the appropriate dock at the appointed time. You find Harvest there looking pretty anxious. Uh, he's wearing a a new suit. Yeah, I'm in my finer clothes. Uh, what what's everyone else wearing? I suppose that's actually a good question. Trying to figure out if Sparks actually does have, like, dress clothes. I'm like, in my armor. I'm actually looking to see what I have. Yeah, I bought... I bought <laughs> I'm pretty sure my, the best clothes I have are uh, my everyday clothes. Probably not my travel clothes. So unless we were... Did we need to go buy specific nice clothes or just our less crappy ones? Yeah, we're, I, I, I let you know to wear some of your nicer clothing. So is all you told us our nicer clothing? Because if that means I the case... Tell you well, I tell you that we're meeting a, a, a client. I tell you the details about about it. Okay. I'm in my armor, but my armor armor and weapons are at least clean because I spent the previous day cleaning. I wear my professional clothing. I have everyday. I have travel clothing, professional clothing, and formal clothing. Okay. Actually, I'm gonna roll like Kerr and just be in my armor because I figure that's the roles we play within the company. Might as well look it. All right. Sounds good. How about you, Sparks? I think. Like a business casual is probably like the best he's got. Okay. Because no. like he's not a client facing position usually. So, so like just, a polo shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's exactly it. <laughs> All right. Got it. But the collar is constantly popped on the polo shirt. <laughs> I'm imagining like a little bolo tie with it. Like something that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but that just popped into, into my yeah, head. Sure. He's got a bolo tie. <laughs> Which is right. Makes no sense, but it like perfectly makes no sense. Yeah. All right, so a shuttle docks where you guys are waiting. Uh, on the side of it, you see a a logo in sort of a a shiny copper, and like a of a <clears throat> you see a logo in shiny. Like, uh, 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 I can do this. We got this. Quick aside, your bolo tie has stuff built into it, like it's a secret bomb or something. <laughs> Ooh, it could like open up, like I have a little secret compartment. Or it's like I can hack something with this if I just plug it into whatever. Like a it's, USB. <laughs> it's a USB say, bolo the tie. The ends of it are just like random plugs. <laughs> just... It's a bolo tie, but it's a functional. Ooh, it's like it's auxiliary just... cables. <laughs> Pretty sure those are outdated in the future. Yeah. It's like a James Bond gadget. You just like it does random things. There you go. <laughs> Tell me about this logo. No, it, it's more like the Joker's like a uh, flower. It just sprays acid at people. <laughs> All right. The shuttle is fairly unadorned, but is state of the art. Like this is a high tech, sleek flying machine. I, 
I'm prepared to yank Spark out of the way behind something in case they try to bombard us with weapons. Okay. But this not is... me. No, I'm I, I got you. All right. I'm worried about the tiny guy with the gem in his chest. Oh, true. He is probably that the... weirdly makes me tankier than everyone here. <laughs> <laughs> the logo is of a, like a crescent-shaped fireball, and it's embossed in sort of a, a coppery glint. Hmm. Do we recognize it? You do not. There is a, a script underneath it uh, that you do not recognize either. Hmm. The, the shuttle opens up and from inside is like a valet, effectively, who says, Miss Grenade will uh, see the lot of you. Please uh, make yourselves comfortable. And opens up the side of the shuttle. Inside is like a limousine, effectively. Plush, padded seats, a variety of sizes and shapes to fit all potential guest types. There's a, a well-stocked bar. Along with I let the, you know to not drink. Sparks already is like putting a bottle back. He reaches out for bottles, just slap them on the hand. <laughs> it's all very like professionally. It's not like tacky and overdone. There's not like a chitty disco ball or anything like that. Oh man! But <laughs> but it's, it's a nice disco ball. It's no, there's no disco ball. But the whole place, the whole shuttle is just like dripping elegance, top of the line, state of the art design to it. Only premium laser lights and fog machines. <laughs> <laughs> the hot tub at the back is clean <laughs> the valet the chauffeur doesn't even attempt to make conversation just zooms right out of Absalom hmm. towards the the mothership uh, it's about a 20 minute travel time looking out the window on approach you can see you're approaching a sleek almost teardrop shaped battle cruiser hmm. uh, with the same kind of uh glint coppery paint job around the bulk of it. And I assume Harovist is with us. He is. You dock him in the docking bay is in the battle cruiser and are led through a series of well-appointed corridors. Uh, everything is gilded, but not like ostentatious. Not it just like Trump. Trump. Right. It has just like a, a a heavy elegance to it, but it's not like over the top kind of throwing opulence in your... It's It's elegant, but not opulent. Hmm. Okay, is there are there any uh pictures um up like that might give us an indication of who she is or what race she is or are there any indications like any shapes of corridors or anything that might give us a hint? I'm looking for like guards and cameras and stuff. There are plenty of those certainly. Uh this does appear to be an operational battle cruiser, so there are no shortage of crew kind of moving about. Uh and there are a number of Armored guards, they all have this kind of steel gray and kind of coppery livery to them. Uh, and all have that same sort of crescent flame logo. Oh. You're guided by your valet who... Does he appear human or is what what is he? Uh, yes, he's a human. Uh, he has a <laughs> pistol at his hip, but has made no move to draw it or anything like that. And doesn't appear to be overly armored. Although there's enough soldiery on the battlecruiser where it wouldn't really be you you would not be able to fight your way out of this place were you so inclined we could die our way out of here yeah absolutely <laughs> um that's one way to go <laughs> harvest seems to be kind of visibly shaken by the whole thing he's constantly like kind of wringing his hands and double checking his pockets you keep seeing him reach for the front pocket of his coat and then seem to kind of think better of it and put his hands nervously at his sides I, I lean in. What have you gotten us into? He uh, telepathically, telepathically responds back, uh, no, hey, don't worry about it. We'll be fine, right? If anyone can talk my way out of this, it's me. I shrug. Good enough, I guess. So eventually you're brought to like, a pair of stately double doors uh, that are opened. Inside, it has the dimensions of like a ballroom, kind of. Large, high ceilings, well-lit, kind of broad, broad and long. You can see portholes to the you know you're in the like the dorsal section of the ship and you can see viewports uh leading to to space on along the curved ceiling despite its kind of grand like scale it's very minimally appointed with a single desk about two-thirds of the way down uh it's a large desk and stacked high with sort of the miscellaneous components of business data slates there are multiple holographic monitors kind of floating around uh, and you can see a couple of attendants speaking to a woman who's seated in that chair behind it, probably about 40 or so feet away from all of you. 
she's a human woman looking of about kind of middle age with coppery red hair and piercing gold eyes. Uh, she looks up at the lot of you as uh, the doors open and the valet kind of motions you to enter. Uh, as you do, her attendants all pile out the back of the room towards some doors on the opposite end of the, the chamber. Seats raise out of the floor, four of them, in front of her desk. The valet kind of bids you all go towards them. Four chairs? Four chairs. There's five of us. Yes. Interesting. I'll stand behind her chair. All right. So as you all approach... Oh, we're not there yet. Yeah. I, I will stand behind gotcha. her chair. Harvest says, uh, Lady Garnod, uh, please, let me, let me explain the situation. She says, Harvest, leave. And then motions to the door that he came from. Uh, he's kind of sweating and says, uh, my lady, I would really like to just leave. And then motions again. And you see him kind of cow and telepathically speaks to you all. Uh, yeah, so uh, good luck. Don't say anything. I and then it's cut off abruptly. Uh, you see him kind of stagger backwards and then shake his head and hurry out of the room. Uh, the door's slam shut behind him. Now he's gone and she's sitting there behind the desk. She points to the chairs opposite hers. All right, I'll take one towards the center. I'm next to her. I'll pick one of the open ones. Are they all like the same size or is one of them like my size? They're all the same size. Oh, okay. So I'll like kind of look around and then like climb into it as best I can. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you mentioned get up there. You're mm. you're used to chairs being kind of used to things generally being mm. a little bit larger than you are. Uh, once you all sit or say for you, she stands up and kind of gives you all a, a piercing look and says, now where's my gem? And with that, we will end for tonight. Oh uh -oh. my God. <laughs> da, da, da. So thank you all for listening to this episode of the Die by the Dice podcast. We hope you're really enjoying it. Um, we've been having a blast making it, so we hope you're having as much fun listening. You can find us on Twitter at Die by the Dice or Die by the Dice at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear some feedback, comments, or anything like that. So if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to reach out, we would absolutely enjoy it. Uh, it would really make our day. Tell all your friends and neighbors. <laughs> Nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, mothers, fathers. Jess, I couldn't have said it better myself. Please spread the word about the podcast. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Bye.